Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So, I've got some news. (laughs) So, a needle-pulling thread. I've got some news. Right. Um, I don't know if you have been checking your electronic mail or the World Wide Web, but Porkfest is sold out for the first time. Sold out. This is huge. It's big. It's big. Um, and you know, for those of you listening, like know that we are obviously going to be there. Um, and a lot of you probably already have tickets, so I'm not going to say, I'm sorry, you guys, but for those of you who don't hit us up, maybe we can figure something out. Uh, but this is exciting. First time ever, I believe that they've ever sold out. Um, yeah, yeah. this is, this is kind of like the, the winds of change I feel like are about, um, we we were talking just before the just before the podcast for those of you who subscribe to all of our weird premium patreon whatever i don't know how any of that works uh but for any of you who subscribe to our hooplas uh (laughs) you'll know that we were chatting just before this before we started recording about uh some new some new literature uh coming out um and how well that's doing as well yeah we're we're, we're showing it on camera even though it's a good cover <laughs> um so here. yeah it's audio oh, so we'll go. do here this we yeah that's the pages i'll do do one more that was really good okay here we go All right. Do you want to tell the folks at home what they were just listening to? This is the uh, Anarchist Handbook by Michael Malice. It's not the audiobook version. It's just him flipping through the pages. Right. But, you know, um, was it um, number five, Johnny Five? Uh, <laughs> so he would have, he would have more input. He would have got that already. <laughs> Oh man, short circuit. Uh, we should do a breakdown of why that's the greatest film ever made. Uh, you guys remember to go vote on the topics because I'm going to be putting that one in there soon. Um, so yeah, so sold out. Porkfest sold out. That mm-hmm. is awesome in so many ways. Like books are coming out, things are things are happening. Like I, I hate to be in this place where we're just kind of like this self-congratulatory check-in, but it seems like folks are turning toward the right ideas. Like, do you get that sense as well? Yeah, I think there is um, just a kind of wave of people. It's the the blue wave, right? Um, yeah, what, what color is our wave? Because we are all about color. I don't see color. 
No, I do. That's my dad's yeah. colorblind, but I'm not. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really feels good. And some days I wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just, this is the biggest, strongest, most powerful government ever to exist. And on earth, <laughs> we've all seen the aliens. Yeah. I was about to say like it for anyone who's seen, uh, you know, star Wars, that's, that was a long time ago. So yeah. we've, we've seen worse, but it was a long time ago and it wasn't even here cause it was in a galaxy far, far, far away. That's right. Um, but star Wars is what it is. Huh? I have to watch that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it just came out. Nice. Um, <laughs> the audiobook's not out yet, but <laughs> I've got some pages here that I can let you listen to. Well, I'm excited. I believe you're excited. I turned down a really, really good job opportunity because they were not going to be able to let me go to park fest i would have had to to work through those days and i said uh no thank you i would rather uh collect unemployment from the government no. <laughs> <laughs> like i make more on the dole no i uh yeah, just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, and this is this is big and I want to be a part of it. I want our show to be a part of it. I want uh I want to make this happen. This uh this liberty movement in the libertarian party is different. It feels yeah. good. Um Unfortunately, I wasn't part of the Ron Paul the first time. I, mm. Sean Hannity, just, he convinced me to never even listen to what Ron Paul said. So I never really even, I just knew what he looked like, but I never heard anything that he said. You got Hannitized. Yeah. Uh, but then the second time, I was a little hip to the whole Hannity then. But this feels better than that because... This feels like we don't have to win an election for it to keep going. Because this feels like it's a... We're not in... We're not in enemy territory. We've just reclaimed our home. As true, you know, liberty-minded people. We've come back home... The Libertarian Party can be just like a congregation room for us, for the message to spread, for a comfortable place for liberty people to be. We don't have to come into it like we were the Republican type stuff and be like, oh, you know, yeah, we're kind of, we're, yeah, we're with you guys, but you're, you're not really, you know? you can actually just be a libertarian here. So it's just, it needed to happen. I feel like 
you know, all the hardcore libertarians have been, uh, we've been focused on that for too long. I think just if I think we were, we were talking about this earlier, the fact that I am a Republican or I was a Republican isn't because of Republican ideas. Unfortunately, one of the things that happens when we infiltrate the Republican Party, which I don't think was a bad strategy for the time, but I think it's over. I think those days are over. We the strategy has to, you don't, <laughs> you know, you don't just attack the gates and just keep attacking the gates. You have to move your men around the battlefield, right? Right. <clears throat> but now that people have been introduced to the idea of economic through libertarians infiltrating the Republican Party or whatever, now it's time to show them, you know, what, We've already made real libertarians. The people have, like, it's time for them to have a place to go. And let's stop watering down our message. I mean, we have a tyrannical government. I mean, it's totalitarian. At the, I mean, by far, it's, we've gone completely totalitarian. I mean, the government controls every bit of a lot of people. People sat there and watched the TV to see if they could see their families. Could hold their grandkids. Watch to, to see if their governor would let them. That's not where, that's not what I was told America was as a child. That's not what my dad told me that he was in the Marine Corps to protect, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it's not, I don't think there's, this is not a time for compromise. Right. And, uh, I think the, I, th I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, look at the turnout, look at the Mises caucus, look at all these libertarian events. People are excited excited beyond there's not even a candidate for a president like we didn't we don't even need one we don't i don't think that if we didn't even put up a candidate if nobody from the libertarian party ran for president at all i think this could happen i think we'd be right here still i think the fact that we're taking over we're we're talking real liberty and we're bringing it to their doorstep. They have. We're in their face. They're scared. The the local governments. We're we're because we actually have liberty minded people there now. They're they're taking these things. They're trying to reduce the power of government without getting elected. And if somebody gets elected, then even better. But. It's not about getting elected. It's about as we bring these ideas and try to rein in this power that people have been stomping on people, 
for so long, they'll see this group of people that are passionate and excited and willing to fight, not rolling over and acting like victims all the time and standing up to the most powerful government to ever exist and saying, we're here and we're not going to put up with it anymore. And it's not watered down. And I think people, we're, it's going to be like Joe Dirt running, or not Joe Dirt, who was it? Uh, what's the other? Forrest Gump. Yeah, it'd be like that. You know, all the people running behind us, whatever. <laughs> Growing beards and shit. Uh, I turned around and ran back. Didn't he have a hat that was pretty similar to a MAGA hat? I think he did. I think he did. During that whole beard time, right? Yeah. To the trucker, maybe just smile or I don't remember what it was. But yeah. Either way. Yeah. Sorry. I think it's I think it's big. I think I feel it. Everybody I talk to about Liberty, who's on the side of Liberty. I met a guy at work today, a helper, a young man in college who said he'd seen my shirt because I, I print like Rothbard on all my work shirts because we have to wear fluorescent like safety colors or whatever. But I don't. I'm not repping their company. So I put like Rothbard shit like that on my shirts. Right. He was asking me who that was. And then he went home and looked it up. He's like, Hey, my, my girlfriend's a libertarian. I was like, what the, that's cool. You know, like a female that's a libertarian. That's neat. (laughs) I also like that. He's like saying it as if, you guys are both Greek or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys know each other? She's also a libertarian. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like one of the four libertarian women that I exist. Yeah. Did he did he speak much on his position around that? Um, had one? I don't think he's ever really thought about it, but like uh you could tell that his girlfriend was he was really early in the thought. <laughs> I mean, which, I mean, there's a lot of fucking layers. It takes you a long time to get, but he was receptive. His girlfriend was definitely talking to him about it, but you know, I just spoke to him about Rothbard, um, anatomy of the state. Uh, in fact, I'm bringing him a copy of anatomy of the state tomorrow to work I keep a bunch of those because I like to pass those out Uh, because that one did it for me I mean I was a small government Republican and at the end of that hundred and whatever pages I was an anarchist yeah we we have some uh, mutual friends I know uh, that are probably what we would call, I guess, minarchists. Yeah. And uh, 
I think there's a bit of a light switch that can sometimes happen when you get like the right material and you go, Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. this, this, we just need to burn it all down. Huh? Yeah. Something about being consistent and just knowing that if you leave that seed, it will grow into a tree. Let's just go ahead and get rid of that seed. Yeah, it's um it's it's cutting your hair versus having laser hair removal. Right. Yeah, because trees aren't bad, so we can't use that analogy, right? Yeah, I, that that felt a little well, hair's not bad either, especially for bald folks who are like <laughs> I want some hair, but hair can be uh hair can be dangerous in its own way. Ingrown hairs? Yeah. Not, not a fan. Yeah, tried it, <laughs> didn't like it. Been there, done that. <laughs> Not a fan. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, there's still some really respectable people who think that infiltrating the Republican Party is the way to be, and I just, and I don't, I don't think they're correct about that, and. If that's the place they need to be for their liberty movement, by all means, I think that's a great idea. If that's where you feel that you can do the best, you know, the best moves for liberty, then let's do it. You know, I'll back you 100%. But I think that this is bringing all those people who were just, there were libertarians good ones who just were checked out. They're just like, fuck, I'm, I'm going to buy as much land as I can and just surround myself with other libertarians because it's, it's all I have. And we're just going to hang out in this little town. And But now it's different. Now it's we're not alone anymore we're not checked out of society. You're like you we're we're being heard and there's a lot more of us than we thought because look at the book, the anarchist handbook. It's not like people who haven't been introduced to the idea of anarchy are just going and buying it. Cause it seems interesting because nothing about the cover. I mean, you can hear, yeah, sounds you so can good. hear how dangerous that cover sounds. I mean, it looks like it's Mike. I mean, that's Michael Malice for you. You know, he's gonna make make it look as scary as possible, and then it's just gonna be all white pill happiness and anarchy in it. You know, uh, but. Most of the people who bought this are anarchists already, right? And this morning it was like the 26th on the bus seller list. That's, so, that's let me huge. let me let me play devil's advocate a bit, and I want to rain on my own parade here. Okay. So, what? What percentage of folks do you think are reading that to kind of hate read it 
or like something between curiosity or hatred or like, you know what I mean? I think next to nobody because my experience in the right and the left, people who are really into that one side or the other Republican or Democrat, right? Yep. They have no idea what the hell that is. It's a completely foreign language to them. Anarcho-capitalism, whatever. They don't even, they don't know what I'm talking about. So they're not they don't even know to hate us yet. <laughs> we haven't made the big enough ripple. Yeah, we're not we're not quite controversial yet because that would mean that a lot of people are talking about something we've done, good or bad. Yeah, because our good ideas when we breathe when we bring truth to a conversation on Facebook or on any social media, we get outed, just erased, gone. So they're not they don't have to argue with us. Because we're fighting the real bad guy and they make sure to shut us up right away. So those people on the right or the left, they don't know how to argue with an ANCAP. They don't have to do it. They get shut. We get shut up. Which when it comes down to a face-to-face debate is really good for us because we know exactly where they stand. And they have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Have you had a different experience? I mean, on a particular subject, you've had people argue with you, right? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I feel like I have had that experience because, and I will say, they're not as vitriolic and hateful as like the right is to the left and the left is to the right. Mm-hmm. But it's more a tactical hatred of like you're tearing apart our system and you're, you know, killing our votes and you're, you know, doing this, right? Like, cause let's, let's go back to the 2020 election. Right. So, um, I you remind me who, who, who was running. I'd have to look it up. Uh, but there were two old white guys running for president. One of them was senile. One of them was crazy. I forget which was which. I assume both were both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were a few other folks on the ballot. And I don't know that the other folks on the ballot were the best of the best, but I was talking a bit more in theory to some folks around let's just call it third party candidates, right? Let's not even talk about libertarian. Let's just say a third party. Right. Right. Like, like there's a party here, party there, a party over there. Yeah. Three parties. Three of them. I gotcha. You got it. I'm following you so far. And <laughs> When I even suggested that, 
Um, it was immediately shot down by anybody I was talking to because they said, oh, well, that just takes away votes from, uh, from us. Yeah. And what's weird is that's an interchangeable response, regardless of which party I'm talking to. Right. And, and th- thirdly, though, I don't want to be a let's pretend that they're actually their actual parties party at this house party at that. I chose to go to that party. It doesn't mean that if I didn't go to that party that I was going to go to one of those, you know, just because I voted for Joe Jorgensen or whoever doesn't mean that if I didn't vote for them, I was going to go vote for, one of the others. No, but you have to. <laughs> right. See, that's have have you like, heard? Especially libertarians, like real principled libertarians. It takes a lot for us to like justify us going to vote. For me to go to vote, even for somebody I want to vote for. Like I gotta have something else to do too. Like I gotta, I gotta disrupt the, the voting line. I gotta, I gotta fuck up the system. Like I'm not just say I want to go vote for somebody, but I don't have anything else. I, man, I probably won't go because voting's dumb. But showing how dumb it is 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 fun to me. But you're also way deeper into that lifestyle than some of these folks that I'm talking about, right? Like, let's say I talk to someone who is, they're, they're Republican by default, mm-hmm. right? Like they are, they're, they're, they did not like Trump, but they liked Biden even less. Okay. And they don't necessarily identify as Republican, but they certainly wouldn't identify as a libertarian. Because I think that, and I hate to make it like a semantic argument, yeah. but the word libertarian, the word liberty, which is something we already talked about you know, on, on what well, we, we talk about pretty often is like the, the like 9-11 people co-opted the word freedom, which is why a lot of the stuff that we talk about is, you know, freedom is almost like a meme now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like libertarian as a party, as an, as like an identifier, I think people prickle at that. So I think it's more just the folks who, kind of by default identify with one of the big two but feel like they still have some loyalty or something to those parties because well i I like this third one better but there's only one of these two that's going to win well that's why i mean i mean well okay if votes if people actually elected major candidates like presidents and senators and whatnot if it wasn't done by the cia 
the FBI, then that kind of thought process is why. Yeah, duffel bags aside. Yeah. But like, who cares? Like, I'm sorry, but if you if if you're afraid, if you're sitting here telling me that the third party candidate is why your person lost, well then get a better person. That's the problem. Like you guys are sitting here telling me, oh, I don't like this guy, but he's better than that guy. Well, then you get a better person. It's free market. I don't have any sympathy for you. If we're taking your if we're taking your capital, if votes are your capital, if we're taking it. And then you gotta have a better product out there. So I, I just thought about this parallel. I didn't even think about it, but until now, the idea of votes being capital and them approaching it the same way that they approach monetary policy is just print more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what they do. <laughs> They're just like, ah, oh, balance, you know, just coming out. <laughs> the, uh, the Federal Reserve ballot bank. That's right. Just vans will take it out of here by the truckload. <laughs> duffel bag by duffel bag. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna follow that down on like a blog post, I think. Mark my words. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> but I mean I'm sorry, but like that whole argument. And I remember as a Republican thinking that too. And I'm, but I was also thinking I don't like it, my option as a Republican, like for who I'm voting for. It's like if I was sticking to my beliefs on free market solutions, then I wouldn't have been that way. Like <laughs> it's almost like they want us to make a law that like. The third party can't exist because they want their guy to win. But who's to say that all those people are coming over to vote for your guy? Or they're not going to vote. Or they get mad and they secede. <laughs> I mean, if, I'm sorry, but like, if the U.S. making a law that third party could not get involved would ensure that there is a bunch of libertarians that secede and have a libertarian state. I would back that law 100% to get that ball rolling. <laughs> but this is exciting, man. There's a lot of talk. Um, in our circles, at least where there wasn't before. It was just like all a wink and a nod. And cap, huh? Yeah. I know how you feel. You know, go hide in your hole. And now it's not. We're out. We're telling everybody who didn't want to fight to they don't have to. And just, you know, just don't cut our legs out from under us. 
Like if you're a libertarian who doesn't want to be called a racist because you're making a difference, then you know you can still be quiet in your hole. Just don't don't cut us down while we're doing it. Right. Yeah. It's it's fun for people like me. Do you think that has anything to do with the democratization of information? Like there, there is still, there is still very much a system of mainstream media, the, the big names who continue to be the channels for state controlled and state funded information. But there are many, many independent outlets by the technologies that have been enabled through the state or otherwise ironically yeah internet so like let's say you know the al gore yeah we got to thank our buddy for putting those series of tubes together <laughs> it's really been his own demise it really has it is the oroboros the snake eating its own tail. But do you think that that's kind of why this is happening? Because not to be the guy who's trying to say that, oh, well, we're right, so that's why it's happening. The truth will set you free. But it kind of is that, right? Like, over time, people have just gotten tired of this narrative and have realized that Oh, the person next to me is tired of this narrative. And the person on the other side of the world is tired of this narrative. Yeah. And maybe I don't have to be the only person. Maybe it's everyone. Maybe we're all like this. I was listening to a libertarian that lives in Brazil on uh, the interwebs. And, uh, the third most Googled name in Brazil, which is a very overwhelming government there, right? Is Murray Rothbard. There's a huge movement of libertarians in Brazil. South America. This is, that's huge. Can you imagine like Brazil turning into a, Tell, tell me about this again, because I, 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 I want to figure. When you say, you say third most googled name. Yeah, like person, Murray Rothbard. It's huge. There's a huge movement of libertarians that seems in Brazil insane. right now. That seems insane. It's awesome. <laughs> like, uh, and, and I know that I even said just, you know, a few minutes ago that like this wave is happening, but I, I still find that pretty wild. Yeah, and it happened there before it happened here. You know, this has been going on for a while, according to this. For, you know, I listened to 
this person, a couple other people who are there, professors, people do typically fake names because you don't want to get in trouble there, right? Sure. But um, I'm sure people who listen to Tom Wood's show know at least one of them I'm talking about. And he's been talking about that, how, you know, Roth uh, anatomy of the state is just like people have it. Most people you go to their house, it's part of their, their book collection. It's a thin little book, but I mean, it's, it's huge. Like I, my parents, I, I gave that to my parents, like, most people don't know what that book is here, the U.S. And he did seminars and classes in Alabama, very close to where I'm at, Georgia, or the Mises Institute in Auburn. And most people I talk to here don't know who he is. So it's huge, man. Um, and and we have tons of people here who know who he is. That we just never talked. I was walking around Target the other day with my... It was early in the morning. I guess it was a little while back. But it was cool enough I had a hoodie on. And I have a hoodie that I put... The big enemy of the state, Murray Rothbard's face on the back of it. And uh, it, some guy walked up to me, short guy, beard, a little awkward, just the way, you know, he interacted with people, like most libertarians, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel uh, called out. Yeah, and he, he just tapped me on the shoulder. He said, I really like your hoodie. And then he kind of just split from me and walked down the aisle. And uh took me a second to realize what hoodie I was wearing. But, I mean, that just didn't happen before. Nice. We're not the most social creatures. Yeah. That's why some of these gatherings like a the pork fest or kind of what we're talking about, this digital equivalent where we're all trying to find each other. I think it will slowly become a bit less of an average, right? Like there is this kind of prototypical awkwardness and some of it's because that's the type of person who finds their way into this. But I think it will become more mainstream and it will become less typical. Like there will be people who you wouldn't usually peg as that. And mm -hmm. I think that's happening already, but I think that's the direction we're headed in because people are, people are sick of what they're dealing with. And instead of years ago when they just had to, rub some dirt in it and just deal with the fact that they were sick of it. They just start Googling. 
There has to be an answer out there. Yeah. I mean, it's bad in America. It's bad in a lot of places. It's a lot worse than a lot of other places. But what are so-called rulers have done to us during this crisis uh, and the fact that like they have done things they knew there was information out that were was going to kill people to do and they did it in my opinion to inflate the numbers of deaths to increase the panic like making sure that old folks homes had to have let in COVID infected people into them. So old people would start dying and the numbers would go up since they weren't actually going up naturally. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is, some people may say it wasn't on purpose or whatever. And your, your opinion, your opinion. Um, but they still, even at that, you have to understand it doesn't work to put somebody not qualified for, to make those decisions in charge of making those decisions for everybody, as opposed to a person. I don't care if you've got a degree or, a your title or whatever you, if you are the best person to make the decision that you need to make for your whatever it's your job to get information from experts that you deem credible and you make the decision for you because you know where your life is you know what your responsibilities are you're living your life every day and they're not they're living in some fantasy world where they just suck us dry and we're supposed to pretend like we just couldn't make it without you. We're not safe because people believe in this fake safety bullshit. But a lot of us don't. And we're we're actually making a little bit of noise now with this Mises caucus and the unity uh the unity coalition or whatever has come out of it to try to mend some of the chaos that's happened i like the unity movement too because i like what the guys that the, i was listening where the fuck was he on maybe it was on lion's liberty but he was said, I'm, I'm not here to mend. This wasn't designed to mend uh, between whatever the communist or whatever. I don't know. Just like the milk toast type libertarian. He's like, no, I, I, I just wanted to make sure that all the people who are ready to fight could even if they're not in the Mises caucus, 
could find a way to get together and talk and collaborate and fight because it's time to fight. I can get behind that. I think that this has, <clears throat> do you think that this has anything to do with the, or that's, it's, it's not even really have anything to do. Do you think that this is not just a silver lining, but weirdly a necessary evil or a fact that maybe all of these lockdowns and this government overreach was actually the straw that broke the camel's back. And if they hadn't done that, people would have still been just as complacent. I do. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think that they were always working towards this. Um, I just think that maybe, you know, they always try to push a little bit. I think they might've pushed a little too hard this time because we were silent and all kind of hiding in our little houses and just not just did given up on all everything and just said society is fucked i want to make sure my family's okay just hiding in our corners they didn't realize we were how many of us were there is what i think and then they did this and then we came out and then when we came out, we made a lot of sense and they didn't make any fucking sense because they were lying. And people were like, well, shit, these guys make sense and they don't. So then our numbers even grew from there. So I think it fucked up. Yeah. Wuhan hand. I mean, take an article from anybody, anybody on network television or any of your major magazines from last year when they talk, when they describe somebody who thinks that the lab in Wuhan was where it originated. Kooks, crazies nuts whatever right today they have to admit that it seems like that's where it came from everybody's having to eat their words because so many intellectuals there was a big there was a small group of them that were really brave and they kept being brave kept being and then some other ones felt guilty and was like oh well all right, I, I got to stand up and say, you know, you can't demonize these people. They're right. And then it got bigger. You know what I mean? And now they're like, the news networks have to say, oh, shit. Like, there's too many people are, we're looking stupid. We have to admit that maybe we, but they don't admit they were wrong. They just try to forget. They hope we forget that they were, we're saying well, that shit just but here. It, but it's so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the size of the overreach means that it's that much harder to cover up. Right. Like right. if you think about oh 
what was it the the so like did you see the new borat movie no so i forget exactly what it was but there was some segment in that new borat movie where he's talking about like the wuhan flu and it's very It's it's very much like a pretty standard like left leaning talk track around making fun of people who would even associate things with Wuhan, and that was widely accepted in popular culture, you know, wide media. Like that's that's not a. I guess what I'm trying to say is that's not a blog that people can strategically delete. Or like a CNN, Fox News, whatever post that they can just bury, because of the overreach, it filtered into, and there's evidentiary support for it happening throughout other forms of media. So mm. if you want to get rid of all of the signs that that was happening, you would have to do a blackout of everything. And yeah, and they did. They, they got did greedy. change some of. There was a couple articles that were changed, like their backlog articles. In uh, there's, there I want to say it was the Times, but I don't remember. They were reading them on one of the shows I was listening to, but because somebody had had the old version, you know. Oh they yeah, there are archives. Like change them, yeah. You think you're so, the only ones who have the archive, and you think that you've made sure to scrape it from, you know, the big ones. Yeah. Uh, but they're out there. So, um, yeah, it's just it's been a blessing. It's been a horrible blessing. It's the toll that it's taken on our children. It just. It makes me sick. Yeah. To think how many kids have taken their own lives. They're, you know, kids going through puberty. Um, I don't know if you've gone through puberty yet, but I'm working on it. It's rough. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's sad because it didn't have to happen. It only happened for a power grab. It's the only reason it happened. Like we could have had a illness that got released from a lab, was dangerous to old people and to sick people and to extremely overweight people or smokers or whatever, right? And we could have said, oh God. That's terrible. Let's try and help these at-risk people out. We don't want people to die because we're humans. But no, we leave it up to the government's there to protect us. So let's leave it up to them. What do they do? They're like, oh, fuck. Like we could get, we could get all this power if we just make sure that enough people die from this. So let's, let's make sure that the, Sick people go to the old folks' homes so we can get these numbers to jack up. 
and we keep i i just it's stranger than fiction because when i hear that even knowing that we have found confirmed cases where that kind of behavior has happened i still don't want to believe that right like i i still have the same reaction like i emotionally don't believe that intellectually i know that that's happened like we've we've seen these these uh these numbers come out and these sources come out and there's all this and it's like oh this is actually confirmed and this is but it still feels almost like a conspiracy theory it seems truly stranger than fiction you see this stuff and you go there's no way a human could let that happen and i i still feel like i'm talking about some possibility that i just hope to god is not true but in fact it is and these things are confirmed these things happened and just in my my mind i just still can't wrap my head around the fact that you would in exchange for power let people die yeah i mean put them in harm's way just so you i mean well that's the justification right like they they might have died but for that guy to sleep at night he says well I didn't kill them. I just put them in harm's way. And he didn't even think that he put them in harm's way. He said, well, they, sh- they can figure it out. I don't know. It just seems dark. It, it, I mean, it is. But you know, we look at... They're all the same. So like leaders type people, the um, sociopaths, right? They're they're all the same. They just there's levels that they'll go to that are sometimes less than others, but it's bad. It's uh, Pol Pot, <laughs> you know. Look at that. It's just disgusting, right? Uh, um, what the the, the the guy who Dracula is based off of that guy, uh, you know, the old, uh, the old count. Yeah. Impaling people and putting them in gruesome tortured things and making them scream just to scare off enemies. You know, that's, that's it. That's, that's who these people are. We were talking, we were joking about Jeffrey Epstein last episode. And that shit, that's, you have to joke about it because it's that bad. Because we know that there's two or three others out there that our tax dollars are paying for doing it right now. Right. It's not over. Right. It's not, we didn't get our guy. Yeah. He's, it's not Epstein, but it's still another CIA agent that's having, you know, 
providing underage women for powerful old men. Who will not learn their lesson because we have shown them that no matter how things go, no matter who gets caught where, no matter what comes out, we will make sure that we uh, keep the power. Right. And we've we've seen that play out over and over again with the Epstein thing. So right. no one yeah, learned it that It got lesson. to the point where Epstein had to go down. There was just too much. The internet would not let it go. They, trust me. <laughs> the, they tried. The state tried to just wait this out and pretend like it wasn't a story for a long fucking time. And, you know, it, it's still when you when people talk about conspiracy theory, crazy people, they mention Pizzagate. And yes, there were elements of Pizzagate that were crazy. But Pizzagate's what got Jeffrey Epstein caught. That was the. That was the evidence that was followed that would not they would not let it go. So. Well, that's the whole. That's the whole thing with all of these, like, let's call them like meta conspiracies, the big pools of things, the the QAnon and things like that, where you can really quickly dismiss legitimate things by pairing it up with insane ideas and just poisoning the well. And I, I know really, really intelligent people, really thoughtful people who are dismissive of things like that. They are dismissive of things like Pizzagate and not realizing that there's more to it. Right. Because they, they only see the fact that, oh, here's some conspiracy theorist who is like going into some pizza shop and putting it on the internet. Like that has nothing to do with it. Right. The, the CIA has done just like any marketing company has done marketing research. When you get close to Pizzagate or when you're getting close to whatever you're breaking, right? You, you're getting traction. You're, you're finding out the truth online because you're not going to do it on a major news network. Not today. Right? So you're a small independent journalist. You're, you're bringing in resources. Remember they're going to poison your well. They're going to send you CIA people to give you false information to make to discredit whatever you're about to reveal. You're not, it's going to be very hard for you to weed out who's the CIA plant and who's like the guy giving you the real information. They know what the fuck they're doing. That's what they do for a living. They lie to people and steal and kill and manipulate. So, that's what they do. Like you've got your QAnon, which 
QAnon was probably straight up right at the beginning. I think it was. But then, you know, the plants and then the people who get hooked on some of the crazy plants and then they go crazy themselves, right? Uh, and then you've got you've got these things that happen to them that feed, you know, like some crazy thought they're ha- that's been planted by the CIA. They're kind of believing, believing, and believing. And then, you know, an election gets stolen. And then they're like, well, fuck, man. Like, it's like a confirming thing. So they go down that dark rabbit hole. Because it's all psychology. That's what the CIA is doing to them. And so you can't sit here and go, when somebody breaks something like Jeffrey Epstein, Right. Well, you can't fucking say like because the the pizza parlor part was wrong that you're crazy. Like you, he just broke this huge fucking story, and he had a little piece of it wrong, right? <laughs> and a little piece of it. He's wrong. He's not. It was uh, what's that guy's name, by the way? Uh. That, He's like a right-wing independent journalist. Uh, I don't know. He did a good documentary after that. Uh, just showing other people that got done like he did. Um, on the left and the right, independent journalists who were breaking stories that the establishment didn't want and got attacked in the same way. It was pretty good. I don't know that I saw that one. Yeah, it was a, you had to pay for it. Like, it wasn't on. What are you trying to say? (laughs) You're like, oh, you would have never seen that. That requires money. (laughs) That's right. But, like, you know, when you have to pay for something like that from an independent website, it's kind of hard to. Unless you're in the right place at the right time, you never hear that it existed, you know? So. Um, but I'll try to, I have it in my archive. I can send it to you. It was, it was good. So. Oh, the, the Times hasn't deleted it? Well, not off of my computer, but I'm sure they, they'll get to it. Right? Um, so any, any, uh, white pill, good stories that any of you guys listening want to email to us about, you know, anything with the Liberty movement, uh, meeting somebody out of the blue in a weird place that another libertarian you would have never thought or whatever. Um, I think it'd be good to get some of these white pill type stories out there just to just reinforce that we're not alone. You know. We also don't have a secret handshake. We don't. If we're bad with women and uh awkward, that's the yeah. It's about as close as we come to the secret handshake. <laughs> right. 
So, um, hope to see you, uh, nerds at uh, Park Fest. In the meantime, I'm sorry about what happened with you last night, but there are plenty of other fish in the sea. It's a trap, and there's no comfort fitting in a fake safety. Loop.